0: Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Songs from a Padded Envelope. My name is Steve and I'm here with co-host Ben. Hello Ben. Hey there Steve. It's episode 40 and the shit boys are in the house. Indeed they are, <laughs> shit boys in the house. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined by Freddy Duhus aka Joe Shit, singer of Joe and the Shit Boys. How long have you been practicing that pronunciation? Um, and well uh, joe gave me a little lesson at the end of the recording didn't he so it's sort of stuck in my head um although he may well drop us a line and say you just completely my name well i was Um, impressed thanks mate um yeah we spoke to joe from his home in the
1: Faroe islands and ben this conversation hits the ground running it's totally brilliant mate um i i was thinking about it beforehand and i think there's an argument to say that this um joe joe's voice is possibly the most authentic voice that we've had on the show so far and and that's with him defining himself as a total poser but it's yeah this (laughs) this is a great episode
0: yeah it is and that's not to do anyone else a disservice or to uh, in in any way but i know what you mean about the authenticity of the guy because It really, I mean, he is just holding up a big placard with what he thinks and feels and carrying it out into the world, isn't
1: he? He did. I mean, you know, um, I'm not sure exactly which words he uses, but um, something like born to do it. And he's he's unreserved in his self-belief, but he also, you know, 100% presents himself with honesty and humility and passion, you know, across everything that he does. Clearly, that's the kind of foundation that he builds from, eh?
0: Absolutely. I mean, he's not going to make any friends amongst Queen Queen fans. Um, with... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think <laughs> that's, that's, that's an audience that he
1: ain't going to pick up. <laughs> um, but, but 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 he is he is going to make a lot of fans around the world for sure. Hey, because this this band has the potential to be huge. This shitty punk band from the Faroe Islands—that's his description. They really could go major places. I think.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. They they are gonna they are gonna make some friends for sure. And not ordinarily, with the with the show, we sort of encourage people to check out stuff after they've listened to the episode. But I think have a little primer. Go and go and listen and watch uh some clips on youtube of joe and the shit boys doing their thing and then come and listen to the guy because i think that just kind of like a little bit of context musical context for the conversation um and whether you like the music or not then hear hear how it's come about and hear what the guy's got to say and i'll, I'll put some links in the show notes but there's particularly there's a a set that the band recorded uh in holland earlier this year as part of the eurosonic festival online um which is which is an ace performance and uh yeah and and then kind of have a little explore around some of their other stuff. I think there's a performance for for, for uh, the, of them at a festival in
1: the Faroe Islands as well, which is worth watching. <laughs> yeah, and when when you've when you've followed those routes and you've checked the the band out, go to their band camp page and purchase yourself a copy of Reason for High Core Vibes, ten songs on two sides of a seven inch in ten minutes it's yeah, uh, yeah it's fantastic stuff. you won't regret it at all.
0: It crossed my mind listening back to the episode um, after after it had been edited, and we and just sort of listening back to it. It reminded me a little bit of Aina from um, Sugar Cubes, who we spoke to about the early days of uh, uh, of, of his music making in, in Pukul Pilnik and and the stuff that he did sort of prior to the Sugar Cubes and that punk ethos that was in Iceland. And I maybe I'm sort of attaching a little bit of a you know t- small island kind of mm-hmm. uh thing to it but his spirit um it reminded me a lot of that con- the conversation that we had with aina from Mainstage.
1: yeah now, now you mention it i yeah i totally get where you're coming from with that i mean i remember aina talking about being squirreled away in the middle of iceland and and tuning into john Peel, didn't he as this kind of sort of primer for starting out oh, clearly we're in a different time and place now no john Peel anymore and and the uh, the inspiration that um Joe Joe and Shitboys take is a bit more um a bit more mainstream a bit more pop from some of their kind of uh, some of their origins and stuff but i get what you're saying about the the parallels there and it's not entirely geographical for certain
0: yeah 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 uh, the um he's joe is certainly we've spoken to somebody who is champing at the bit to get out there and play and that's not just a, you know a, um the frustration of the pandemic and being um isolated and and everything being locked down it's there's you know that's only exacerbating his eagerness to get out uh, to get off the islands and out into the world with his band
1: yeah totally and you know this uh you know the reason raison d'etre for this band is about for joe and this band is about challenging the conservative attitudes that they have faced in their home um home home country and meeting it head-on and absolutely fearlessly eh?
0: yeah i bloody love it all power to them um and there's they are booking their, their shows are booked in the uk and uh uh you're an on, you're an, you're an honorary shit you've you've very presumptuously renamed <laughs> yourself ben shit for the interview and he was completely happy with that so I uh, <laughs>
1: yeah he's he's, I think if we make it to the Manchester show he's offered to come and uh, do my tattoo for me so um, I'll take him up on that I've always wanted to tattoo
0: you've always wanted to be a shit boy in the house (laughs) he's going to make your (laughs) dream come true (laughs) 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 thanks to Joe for coming on and speaking to us Uh, it was a brilliant conversation we hope you enjoy it Um, and here it is for you now episode 40 of Songs from
2: Padded Envelope Hi, I'm Joe from Joe and Shit Boys and this song is called The Reason for Hardcore Vibes 2. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Joe. Can you can you
0: just start by setting the scene for us a bit because you're talking to us from a, a pretty unique part of the world, aren't you?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Straight straight from the Faroe Islands. Um, I don't know how to describe them. Like the Faroe Islands, there, there's a, a lot of sheep and <laughs> uh, a lot of uh fishing vessels and a a lot of um churches and and not a lot of punk (laughs) punk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you are changing that aren't you joe
2: yeah i try to i try to be like this super punk dude you know like proclaiming the punks not dead but like let's be real it is dead but uh I'm trying to uh, just give the middle finger to our conservative ways. Um, Like for example, um, there's this uh, local newspaper that just did an article on me and the headline reads, uh, attacked after show. And it refers to a time where a guy called me a fucking faggot and attacked me uh, as I was going home after a show. So that, that sort of sets the scene of how people view things around here.
0: No, I'm sorry that happened to you. That's awful. What has the response been like to you giving the middle fin- finger in the way that you are and challenging that stuff?
2: Uh, it seems like uh, our biggest audience members are uh, <laughs> press, international press. They lo- love what we do. Like my mom's not a super fan, but like, she, she tries to support me. <laughs> I think overall the response has been great and it's gotten a lot of uh, conversations started. Um, I don't really do it for uh, the majority of people, even though like it seems that Joan Shipos is, is sort of becoming uh, pop culture here. Uh, as weird as that sounds, like for a shit punk band but like the the reason i do this most it, it, like the biggest reason i do this is because uh, of people that come to me after a show and go like uh, it's because of what you guys do that i'm i dare to step forward i dare to come out of the closet and like one guy, he came up to me and said he moved to Denmark a few years ago because he never felt at home in the Faroe Islands, and it wasn't until he saw us. And and one guy, he came up and, and like, showed me his scars, like he had so many fucking scars on his arms, and he said, uh, the last time I caught myself was when I saw you back in 2019,
1: what was what was the experience like for you um growing up joe and what what you what prompted you to kind of to take it on and to and to 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 start challenging those conservative attitudes um
2: so i live in, in like i i talked I, I mentioned all the churches i live in what's referred to as the bible belt of the fair islands that's where i grew up and like i was closeted until i was i think 21 uh it's easy for me because i'm bisexual like it's easier to stay in the classes um but there was a lot of uh you know hating on on like the queer kids the queer boys especially Uh, i saw a lot of bullying going on and like guys tend to uh, people in general tend to call each other gay and stuff like use gay as a derogatory term and they don't really realize who they hurt because like it's it's just locker room talk you know but it it does affect quite a lot of people yep yeah, absolutely were, were there
0: uh, are there safe spaces for people to to be and 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 to to not be in fear of that stuff and to come together
2: uh yeah i, I think there are like there's this one bar called uh, circus and it says on Google Maps that it's a gay bar but that's not true but they they don't want to correct it because like who cares it's cool because that's where everybody's welcome but I think there aren't really any any how do you say decisively queer spaces yeah so there is and there isn't
1: and with with the band becoming more prominent and getting noticed outside of the Faroe Islands how has what's the impact been in terms of challenging those attitudes has there been a sort of um as they've have you have you noticed any change in how that's presenting for you back home
2: i think uh since uh, the success of the band people are more accepting of me but that's because oh okay like but the queer guy he is actually cool so maybe i'll respect him now and as a result Uh, respect other queer people i'm not really sure if i felt like an immediate uh general reaction but like i said uh people come up to me and say like you guys made me get out of the closet or you you convinced me to get out of the closet and stuff like that
0: yeah i mean punk is fantastic music's fantastic for that and but but, but, you know articulating those things through kind of hardcore and punk i think is Uh, It's a particularly useful platform for that, isn't it? When did punk first come onto your radar as a
2: young person? Um, uh, (laughs) I'm a total fucking poser because uh, (laughs) it it, it was when I was like five or six, like listening to Blink-182 and like pop punk, stuff like that. And then when School of Rock came out, uh, I, I started listening to the Ramones and stuff. You know, all just, like, super radio-friendly stuff. And then uh, I started illegally downloading, don't tell anybody, illegally downloading uh, a lot of music and and just finding uh, different bands from, like, these uh, shady websites. And, and also, like, the Tony Hawk's Underground games or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater in general yeah there are some great soundtracks there and you 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 find a band and then you you realize they know a lot of different bands so you watch interviews and they talk about what inspired them and then these other bands talk about uh, what bands they like it just it just snowballs
0: so discovering discovering uh, uh punk through the kind of radio friendly stuff and then you know gateway to to the journey of discovering other things how quickly did you decide to start a band
2: like i i decided to start a band when i was probably six or seven years old but i didn't start playing music until i was 18 like i'm a really late bloomer and that was in this uh, whack-ass metalcore band they asked me to be be a vocalist like three days before a gig. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll do it <laughs> because it's what I was me- meant to be, you know, even though like I never learned an instrument or how to sing. Like I just knew, like, I- I'm going to be a musician. I just don't want to put the work in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 I got I to ask what the name of the, the, of the metal band was.
2: Uh, it was called Tidal Crush oh, oh yes. yeah come on fantastic yeah. <laughs> uh, and the year after i i started uh this uh, avant-garde death metal sludge group uh called iron lungs i didn't come up with that name either by the way i mean it's not it's no title crush no it's no title crush that's for sure <laughs> uh, i did that for like uh, six years before I stopped, but like after five years of doing that band uh the the shit boys asked me to join a new project which was joe and shit boys
1: but going back a little bit joe so there was something when you were six or seven that you knew at some point you were going to be in a band
2: yeah um it was like uh i listened to a lot of radio but there wasn't a lot of stuff that I actually liked. I liked the the really fucking hard stuff, you know, like uh, <laughs> corn and little biscuits, you know. <laughs> you know, proper wild shit, right? <laughs> uh, but like, I, I always figured that I, I had to do something like that, you know, made some really good music because uh, I possessed that ability even though like, I still don't know how to make fucking music. It just happens. I'm just an arrogant son of a bitch. Like <laughs> been that all my life.
0: <laughs> it's it's working for you, Joe, totally. It yeah. But I'm I'm, I'm 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 intrigued. I'm a little intrigued about that gap between being a, a young lad five, six years old, having this kind of idea that you, this is a thing you want to do and it not being realized until you're in your late teens. Where's your creativity going? What's your kind of creative outlet between um, those two things? What, what were you
2: doing? Um, I, uh, my mom was my Sunday school teacher. And like, I, I love my mom and she's really supportive, but like, she's always tried to uh, keep me on track To becoming uh, like a a stand-up citizen, like uh, she tried to make me cookie cutter. So all these creative outlets, like it just uh, it wasn't really supported. She she wanted me to play football and and go to uh, Christian summer camps, stuff like that. Mm And I don't know, like I I really didn't have any creative outlet like I, I draw sometimes like i still draw but uh, it just like it it doesn't really excite me it's it's fine every once in a while i guess i just wasn't uh, a creative person which which is uh, good news for a lot of you people listening like it's never too late to start
0: it must have felt great to step onto it to grab a mic and step step onto a stage with all that kind of pent up yeah. you know desire to, to express yourself
2: yeah definitely um it's kind of funny and um, like my first show was at this uh, uh f- like it's a festival for a very small town, not a music festival like it's just like a family oriented festival and we played like at uh, 1 p.m. something like that and i was just standing still on a stage just reading uh, the lyrics of sheet paper and just really feeling it even though like i was like standing still and reading lyrics like that's what that was what i was doing and when i was finished i was like yeah man that felt so good and that's probably like the best show that ever was like one of the all-time greatest shows like i was sure of that like looking <laughs> back it, it must have been god fucking awful but i was sure that yeah th- this is it man
1: <laughs> so when you find yourself on a stage it feels like completely natural like that's the place you are you were meant to be yeah
2: yeah definitely um uh i i tell people that like when i'm on stage Freddie Mercury could be like, "Oh, you're good, but you're not on my level." I was, I'd be like, "Fuck you, I'm way better than you." Like, I don't <laughs> think so now, but like when I'm on a stage, I'm sure, I'm 100 percent sure that there's no one greater, and that feels good. <laughs> does, yeah. does
1: that, as that attitude seep through to the rest of the band and how you present yourselves?
2: Uh, I, I'm not sure. Like, uh, I think they're. They are they are uh, self-assured like they believe in themselves but uh, not in the same extent uh, that i do but I, I think they sort of try to use that so like I, i'm the one with the the spotlight and they're sort of in the background into it, goofing off and stuff like it's fun it's a good time for everybody
0: i love the vibe of your drummer what's your drummer's name
2: uh, Johnny shit. Or Jön- Johnny shit. Jon Mikkelsen. Johnny shit is easier though.
0: His style of playing hardcore drums is, I mean, it's so laid back. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So chilled. So like just. He's, I mean, he's playing those, he's playing those drums and the pace and the fills and the the way that he plays his ace. But he is so, <laughs> he's so like the opposite. If you didn't hear the music that he was playing, if you turn the sound down and watch him, you think, yeah, there's some, there's some jazz going on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's great. You, you, you know I who else really said that, that, Steve? You know who else said that? Fucking Iggy Pop.
0: Get out of town! Yeah, he, really. He, he,
2: he featured us uh, on his latest show, and the the tagline was, like, queer vegan punk from the Faroe Islands, and he loved the drummer. He loved Johnny Shit. He played four songs. That's, like, that's the biggest thing that ever happened to me, I think. Damn. So maybe, maybe I, I'm team USA after <laughs> all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he plays a little bit of everything. He plays whatever the fuck he wants, and that's great. He's just like, oh, the reason for hardcore vibes. Just vibing to it.
1: So how did how did you find out you were gonna be on the show? Uh
2: our our managers told us, like, dudes, check this out. You're gonna be an Iggy show. And that was sick. Like, don't tell anybody. And then like when it was announced, the tagline was like "Queer Vegan sh- Punk from the Faroe Islands." It's like we were not only on the show, we were like, we were the tagline. That that's holy shit! Like he played four songs. He talked about every single song as well.
0: That's great.
2: Like I, I could never imagine that
0: happening ever. Amazing! Congratulations! What a great thing. And I, I can't think of another. <laughs> I can't think of another kind of radio presenter that you'd want to have kind of talk about your band in that way. I can't think of like, there isn't a kind of comparison. No, else. Who, who else would you want? Like, yeah. How do you tap that? Yeah. Yeah. Time to stop Joe. Time to stop. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> what about radio in the, in the Faroe Islands?
2: Is, have they championed your music, played it? Uh, I think some radio hosts have tried championing it, but, um, um there's a lot of swear words you, you know how it is like um, but you, you guys censor swear words they don't do that here they just like play it a little bit less
0: okay yeah you have to do like radio edits where you sing a different lyric which i don't know how yeah, you do that how would you, what would you change shit boys yeah, in the house not to? Work
2: <laughs> you know I, i'm like iggy he, he referred to us as joe and the s boys and and this song that we're going to talk about today, uh, the reason for hardcore vibes, uh, one of the lyrics is uh, a shitty fucking time, and it got censored to a shitty shitty time. So you can't say shit, boys, <laughs> but you can say shitty twice.
1: Shit. <laughs> like, I,
2: I don't get to you guys. You,
0: know? you have a quota. <laughs> You're only allowed to shit so much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Joe, it feels like we should go, and go on to talk about the song that we're going to hear at the end of the show. You sent us over a demo version of The Reason for Hardcore Vibes and it's, um, it's even more powerful than the, you know, more blinding than the, the version that, comes, that came, that's on the debut album and it kind of reads and sounds a bit like a manifesto. Can you tell us about the origin of that song?
2: Um, so uh, the origin of that song is also the origin of the band yeah, Ziggy shit, uh, our guitarist. He was uh, demolishing uh, an old school elementary school, and he found this painting near the the arts and crafts section uh, that just said the reason for hardcore vibes, and reason was spelled wrong, R E S O N, and there there was a painting of a gun and a bat and brass knuckles and either hedge scissors or a butterfly knife. We can't figure it out. But he was like, uh, this is, like, the purest uh, piece of art uh, ever produced by a teenager. Like, this is pure angst. And he he was like, I have to make this into a a punk single. So it's just supposed to be a single. And then, like, he and his friends they were like, Oh, this band should be called Joe and Shipboys, and we could be the Shipboys, but who's gonna be Joe? And then like he wrote to me and said, Hey, do you wanna be Joe and Joe and Shipboys? Let's let's do a demo.
0: <laughs>
2: and and we we met up and we wrote, uh, practiced and recorded uh, two songs in two hours. And The Reason for Harker Vibes is the first song and I was still in this this other band like iron lungs the avant-garde death metal band and so i had no idea how to sing punk at the time so i was just screaming because that's what i what i knew how to do and i like the, the only rule i got was like the song has to be called the reason for Hacker vibes you, you figure out what it means and i just made it about like my my terrible job at the fish factory at the time <laughs> it's so like uh, we wrote uh practiced and recorded two songs in 2 hours and then we wanted to do a show like release the shit and do a show uh so we needed more songs so we uh, wrote practiced and recorded 10 more songs in 10 hours so so it just kept rolling like it just evolved from like this joke uh single uh that, that ziggy shit had to do and now now it's just like this fully realized band That is amazing. That <laughs> is
0: amazing. Uh I, I was gonna you mentioned about the the the, the vocal on it because the, the the there's a real difference in the vocal from that demo to the to the album version. Um what's the what was the sort of time difference between recording those two things and, and how did you approach re recording it? Because, cause, you know, when you've got a demo that sounds the way that that demo sounds, were you reluctant to go and do it again?
2: Um, no, it, like, at that point, it it was still, like, not nothing too serious. And I, I just didn't want to do, like, more metal vocals because I was still in this metal band. So just trying to to mix things up. So it just, like, things just happened, you know? That's the story of this band. Like things happen. How do you wind up on on Iggy Pop's radio show? It just happened.
1: And the way that you write together, does that just carried on? Is it does? Do the songs just come that easy yeah, for the band? Yeah.
2: Uh, how many songs are written? Like I think it's like uh, thirty five songs or something like that that we we've written, and all of them are recorded, uh, like in, in demo form, and it's all been done like in the same time span you know uh like on on average one hour per song but i think it's actually uh, a little bit less now yeah so yeah less than an hour per song damn yeah that's a lot of songs 35 songs that's <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> uh, um, yeah it's
0: great you must have a real kind of unspoken way of communicating with each other and are really well suited to playing with one another.
2: Yeah, those boys have played together for uh, I don't know how many years and like w- when we write our songs, it's usually usually them jamming and me just like hurrying up, like uh, figuring some lyrics out and, and writing it down and then we try to see what works and uh, fix each other's shit, come with su- suggestions, you know. Yeah
1: so when you when you finished that first demo of those first two tracks at that point, what was the kind of aspirations what did you want what did you do with that demo?
2: nothing like fucking nothing like we 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 eventually released it uh at the local record store like when we did it um like he- Ziggy purposely like he pointed the microphones the drum microphones the wrong way like just to make it like uh, more noisy and stuff. Uh, Just did a lot of stupid shit, just just to see what would happen. Um, It wasn't supposed to be anything, like it was just a good time. And like, I think it was uh, at the time we played our first show, we were like, oh shit, we're onto something because uh, we played 11 songs, 12 songs, like one was uh, a cover of Gigi Allen, Bite It You, Scum. And I, I was like, uh, uh, I did some banter between each and every song. So it just, just a stretch the show out. And people were, were listening to every word. And I was like, yeah, they'd never done that before. So we must be onto something. Because they, they were actually laughing at my jokes and stuff.
1: Was that a show in, in, in the Pharaohs?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was in 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 circus, like the 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 non gay bar. Uh, is there much of a scene, you know, uh,
0: venues to play in on the on the islands? Um,
2: it, it's it's sort of weird to describe the scene because um, everything is connected. Like, there's one other punk band, and they rarely play shows, and it's the punk band that we grew up listening to. Uh, I think you could argue that there used to be a metal scene and maybe there you, you could say that there's a country music scene but everything else is just like everybody plays, plays together everybody knows everybody we're all friends it's it's fucking great I think because uh, when I'm I've been at Wachen, like the metal festival in Germany it's like it's I, I love metal music but it's only metal music for like five days i i I think that's so fucking dumb like you you need that contrast so we try to not play with the other rock bands or metal bands you know just to change it up can
1: you go to an evening and see joe and the boys with the country and western band as well then
2: uh if they'll have us (laughs) yeah brilliant (laughs) Yeah, um, city shit is actually in uh, an electronic country band. It's called Cowboy Cakes, which means uh, uh cowboy biscuits, <laughs> uh, wagon oh, wheels. On. Uh, you guys know wagon wheels? Hell yeah, yeah, sure. I think it's Cadbury. Yeah, it's just called cowboy biscuits here. Like that's what you call them, even though the the package says wagon wheels. I love that. Yeah, I think I might. We'll
1: have call to... them. We'll call them cowboy biscuits I now. Think I well, have to. Yeah. That's fantastic.
0: <laughs> Especially the jammy ones, jammy cowboy biscuits. I mean, that's much better name. <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I, I don't eat them anymore because they're not vegan though. <laughs> ah, there is that. So,
1: Joe, Joe, who's who's the who is the other punk band then that you grew up listening to?
2: It's called 200 and they sing uh, entirely in fairies and they only talk about fairies stuff like fuck Denmark, uh, colonizing bastards, you know, and fuck homophobes and like fuck particular uh, political parties, specific p- political parties. Yeah. Uh, and it's like uh, they go they go harder than us. I I can give them that. Uh, and it's also got this like rockabilly edge to it. I think it's great, but I'm not sure if if you guys would think it's great because you don't know what they're saying. Like maybe you you guys should check them out. Um, I know they played Roskilde Festival in Denmark, and their their show was reviewed. Uh, it, it got a higher rating than the Guns N' Roses show. <laughs> I, I, but i've got
0: to say that's not that i mean that's 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 not a difficult <laughs> thing is it i mean that's faint praise maybe not <laughs> <laughs> no full respect to g and r full respect yeah
2: full respect to axel
0: <laughs> uh, appetite for destruction though what a record i mean you know it is it's fucking it's an amazing metal record
2: i i like the hits when i was younger but just the hits then i got older i tried listening to the other stuff like i was still like ah just the hits yeah. and now i don't even like the hits i don't like anything by guns N' roses <laughs> but like, i, I, I realized they're great musicians and i don't judge people for liking them i just don't like it's not my thing
0: yeah, I mean, I've said that Appetite for Destruction is a great rock album, and it is, but I haven't got it. <laughs> don't listen to it. <laughs> just... No, it's on Spotify. You don't
2: have to get it. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay Okay, um, so, well, we are talking about playing on uh, the, the pharaohs. Tell us a little bit about getting to play away from the islands and, and sort of kind of making that break and playing elsewhere. How How quickly did that happen, and how was that for you?
2: Um, in August of 2019, we went on a tour in Iceland just because they had this punk museum that's in, uh, in an old uh, public restroom and we just had to play there. So we, we were like, oh, let's just send her a, a, a tour around that, like play some gigs elsewhere on Iceland. And like while we we're on the ferry to leave Iceland, uh, we got an email from uh, Iceland Airways and they were like uh, do you guys want to play you have to answer right fucking now and like we of course said yes and we played to a uh, a full full house at Gokuren it's called um uh, it's like 400 people or something like that and we had like 300 followers on Instagram i had no i, I still have no fucking idea why people were at the show but like, it was full, fully packed. And it was at that show that uh, we met our our managers and a slash PR agency, like, the zeitgeist agency. Um, a lot of journalists wrote about it. Like, NME said that it was uh, the best thing that they saw at Iceland Airways, which means a lot because, like, fucking Mac DeMarco was there and of Monsters and Men. Some big names. And just like since then we haven't really been every, anywhere because of uh, COVID like we were supposed to tour uh, the UK more than once last year and that's not counting like the, the postponed tours and um, do a lot of U- European shows as well so like, it, it's it's all through social media I think like that's why people are seeing us
1: that must be pretty frustrating to have done that and then have the, the tours lined up and then to have keep postponing again and again. How has that impacted? How have you kept the mem- momentum going?
2: Uh, <laughs> like, there, there isn't anything else going on. So, like, I feel like the, the momentum is still there. Like, it hasn't gone anywhere because it has nowhere else to go. So like, we're not doing a lot. We're just doing social media stuff, but like, so is everybody else. But I, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't like leave the bed for over a week. Like when all of it got canceled because man, that fucking sucked. Like being stuck here on this shitty islands. Kind
0: of, uh, motivating you for when things change that, uh, you know, you are going to really go for it and kind of seize the opportunity.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it, it's gonna be fucking great, right? Uh, people are dying to see shows. Yeah,
1: yeah, too, right? Yeah,
2: it's it's it's, it's gonna be fucking sick. I, I can't fucking wait because um, I, I imagine like um, the audiences are quite different in the UK compared to here. Like, you go to a metal show here and most of the artists is just standing there cross-armed like there are a few head bangers and, and that's it. I imagine it's a bit more rowdy.
1: Yeah, I can't see with the shit boys that it's going to be anything other than a great reaction. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. I, I <laughs> hope so. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like getting into people's faces. So I hope everybody is vaccinated at that point. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fantastic. I've, I really liked. I, on your, the, I mean, this is the shows that were that didn't happen. But that one of the places you were playing was in Ipswich. Which was pretty, yeah, I mean, no, we're, we're still playing there. By the way, fantastic. Nobody plays in Ipswich. I mean, it's just such <laughs> an unusual place to go and play. I mean, I grew up near to Ipswich in a little town, about,
1: and you, and you never went to Ipswich either. Rarely.
0: I mean, it wasn't a place that you went to for gigs. And, uh, like there was a, a venue called the Gomont and a and occasionally there'd be like bands. I don't. I think I maybe went to compared to Norwich, which is like the next big city nearby. Go to gigs there all the time but Ipswich hardly ever um so I love the fact that there was a you know a, a, a show there I think it's great <laughs>
2: <laughs> sounds City Ipswich is a festival yeah yeah I think it's new I could be wrong
0: great I mean it's great great for that that town is Ipswich a town it is isn't it yeah
1: it is is to me (laughs) (laughs) so so joe right now what what are the hopes and ambitions for for the band at the moment
2: uh i think like we we just hope to make make an impact for whenever we we head over like crossing crossing our fingers that it's not going to be postponed again because i i feel like um We've done pretty much all there is to do uh, on the Faroe Islands, unless we make some drastic changes. But like we're way too lazy to do that. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just, I just hope to go, get the fuck out of here and just see the world, play a lot of fucking shows, and move people all around the world. I think that that's our ambitions.
0: What a great ambition yeah all power to you mate <laughs> I, I i sincerely wish that for you um we uh, in a earlier podcast one of our first podcasts we talked to a, a a guy called connor Hare, who's from a hardcore band called morning um and he's a really lovely guy and t- he talked a lot about sort of the hardcore scene globally and how it's possible to um kind of hook up with bands from other countries He's talking particularly about the states but i think it's the case in other other places as well where you can kind of link up with other bands and and tour and get to kind of be part of that network and i know you're saying you you, that you want to keep you don't want to just play with rock bands or with hardcore bands and but but there is a there is a scene that you can kind of tap into with the sort of music that you're making is that something that you've got an, an eye on doing
2: uh, I I think it it sounds like a good time, but uh, most of the punk bands that reach out to us and are like, "Yeah, we should play together." Like, it, I I'm into that sort of shit. Like, people just reaching out, let's let's do a show together. That's cool. Like most of them usually uh, like finish the message off with like, "It'd be great to get some real punks, not some fucking posters." Like. Everybody else is a poser. Everybody sucks in our scene. Like, I, I just, I fucking hate that mentality because mm-hmm. I bet all of them would consider me a poser because, like, I, I fucking love like, Billie Eilish and the Backstreet Boys, like a lot of, uh, very pop friendly stuff. Uh, even though, like, I still fucking love uh, Grandcore. I'm just not embarrassed. To say what I like, I listen to a lot of pop, but it still doesn't mean that grindcore is not my favorite musical genre. Napalm Death and stuff like that. Wormrot.
0: Have you ever listened to Cardiacs? No. Oh. What, what's Cardiacs? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll send you some. Li- I have. To, I mean, occasionally on the podcast, I'm a I'm a really big Cardiacs fan, and they're they're a they're a band like no other. Um, I'll send you uh, I'll send you some links to some Cardiacs, Joe. <laughs>
1: great was this crowbarring it into every episode I so. have to
0: try and if, and if you and if somebody says who's Cardiacs I mean that to me is like that's that an in, fucking
1: oh, shame that, that was fucking shameless man the man was yeah, talking
0: but... about his breadth of musical interest <laughs> that is an open door for me to ask about.
1: They're, not a, they're, not a, they're not a grindcore band are they at times at
0: at times. times yeah. oh
2: shit is this like uh a, a genre <laughs> blending stuff
0: yes it's oh, well. It's incredibly difficult to to describe, but I always kind of liken it to uh, liken their sound to um, if you um, if you exploded a fairground.
2: Uh, oh, that's what it sounds like, Mister Bungle.
0: Mister Bungle is. I mean, Mike Patton is a huge Cardiacs fan.
2: Oh, sick! Yeah. Um, is, do it, you know? Uh, do you know Naked City? No. Like John Soren's band. Do you know John Soren? I don't. I don't. He, no, he's a jazz composer. Like yeah, Mike yeah, Patton has yeah. sang for Naked City as ah, well. Of course, not. and Naked City is like it's a grindcore, freeform, avant-garde jazz group. Like surf stuff. It's it's fucking everything. And most of the songs are under a minute long, and they just like hop from genre to genre. Like you have a ten-second song that's six different genres. Like it's it's fucking insane it sounds like something for you steve
0: thanks man well, we'll that's a good that's, that's a fair trade indeed, yeah.
2: I'm, I'm sold yeah <laughs> yeah check out torture garden it's a great album thank you joe
1: well joe you ma- you managed to cram a whole album onto a seven inch onto two sides of a seven inch is that something you're going to keep going with
2: yeah i hope so like it, it's a cool gimmick to have and also because uh like me personally i'm not sure if i i want to listen to a 20 minute long ship boys record like i think 10 minutes it, it's fine it's perfect for a punk album <laughs>
0: joe listen it's been really really great to talk to you um oh you too man and discover your also music also you ben
2: <laughs> ben shit
1: <laughs> yeah Always, <laughs> in in brackets. I'm gonna. Brackets, a ta- yeah. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm, gonna, I'm doing my tattoo tonight after we come off this. Interview.
2: Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I should do it when I come over.
1: Is is there an official shit boys tattoo?
2: Uh, all of us, like all of the members, have gotten one of the weapons from the the reason for Harker vibes. I have the bat on my leg. Uh, we we did it on on the tour bus when we went uh, to Iceland it was fucking funny yeah like this is a cool (laughs) cool story Uh, we went to Iceland for a tour and we have a friend that has um, he he owns a bus that he's pimped out it was actually my school bus like the the bus that drove me to school and he (laughs) bought it like a few years ago and he pimped it out like installed some beds and a kitchen and stuff and he wanted to join us. And we were like, then oh, then you have to take the bus. And then another friend who is a, a, a chef, like he's a, a well-renowned chef. He also wanted to join us because he was tired of working as a chef. And we were like, you can't come unless you're a chef. And he's a highly sought after chef. So we had a private chef and, and a private chauffeur <laughs> for uh, a shit punk tour. <laughs> Fucking Joe, and shit crying. for us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Get in.
1: that's fantastic. Yeah,
0: <laughs> listen, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on onto the podcast. It's been a real treat to talk to you. Can we yeah. just Thanks can we just finish off, me. please, with you introducing the song that people are going to hear now? Uh,
2: this song is about um, fucking hating your your workplace. It's called "Reason for Harker Vibes," two is it the the final song we're doing now or is it the first song
0: uh we...
2: is it the demo or, or the finished song because like one is called reason for hacker vibes and the like the finished song is called reason for hacker vibes 2. yeah that one yeah okay yeah that one <laughs> <laughs> thank
1: <you>. <laughs> <laughs> thanks joe yeah thanks joe
2: thank you ah!